Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my talented co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitap. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So we're excited to bring our listeners a bonus episode today. So welcome, welcome. It's a Friday. TGIF. (laughs) (laughs) So we were inspired by one of our masterminders in our private Facebook group of something that she had posted. So what we wanted to go over today with you were three tips for asking for the sale. You know how people say that like their biggest fear, so they pulled people in their biggest fear is like public speaking, right? And um, second was like death or something like that. People are more scared of public speaking. Well, I think that this is like a big fear too. Maybe we could lump it with public speaking and asking for the sale (laughs) would be everybody's biggest fear, right? So what's hilarious, I just got done with my brother's wedding weekend and I had a speech to give that I actually had just found out about the day of. I was like, oh, I'm speaking? Thanks. And I was nervous and I think it's because I wasn't prepared. So I speak, I have a podcast. I speak in front of people at seminars all the time. You would think I'm not nervous. I was so nervous, but the mean part was that like I couldn't psych myself up for it and I wasn't prepared. I felt sort of rushed. And then my mom was supposed to have a speech and she also was just so nervous and she'd been working on it for three months. So it just shows you the difference between people and even being comfortable around people that you, you know you know, and love. So this was inspired by someone in our group on Facebook. And this is what she wrote. My biggest barrier to making sales is putting myself out there and trying. I'm so good at all other tasks. Today, I am committed to sending the emails and making the calls. Wish me grace and enthusiasm. So within our community, we have wished it to her, but we're going to just send it out there again to you with grace, enthusiasm. We are with you. And we actually were inspired to create this podcast episode for you. Yeah. Not only are we throwing you some grace and good vibes, we are going to give you some tips on how to approach this, making it less scary. Yeah. Getting the enthusiasm. enthusiasm Because it's it's hard to muster up the enthusiasm. Even when we get on the podcast, Jacqueline and I actually talk about what we're going to be talking about. So I think even in that, it's just having these things to talk about in the beginning or think about helps you go into you know sales situation with more prep. Yeah. So we'll just bring up another tip from the wedding weekend. My son had to walk down his like hundredth aisle and he's only five. And he kept saying, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And my husband had him say, I'm so excited. Just changing the word, just changing your the words that you're using associated with what you're about to do will help your brain sort of click over. So I hope you're all excited. And we're going to jump into some tips for asking for the sale. So the first one is showing how other people's needs would be made. So this is basically, you know, making it about them and not about you because everybody wants to know what's in it for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so it gets you kind of like your foot wet or your foot wet. Is that the saying? (laughs) Your toe, toe wet. (laughs) 
dip in your toe. <laughs> it gets you into that mindset of serving the other person. So then that person is more willing to say yes, because they can see it from their perspective. This is exactly why people stage houses with non-personal items. So other people can see themselves in there and they can see about oh, how can I imagine this transformation for myself rather than trying to step into somebody else's world with their wording, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a hotel room when you walk in and it's like, oh, this is welcoming no matter what was in there versus if you see it in the Airbnb that's, you know, somebody's. So what we want you guys to think about is just removing the I. So if you're going to send an email or you're speaking, I have this product, I think you should have it, I this, I that. And instead you're explaining to them from why they should have it. So I'm just going to go off of like little labels. Little labels is a product that will help your customers when they are sending their kids to preschool. You know, little labels is ideal for your customers because of this, that, and the other. So you want to make it, they want to be like, yeah, yeah, my customers need that. Yeah, you're here to help me. Yeah. And I think this is where you could also insert what things are doing well for your business. Like I like to always say, our customers really love the animal friends design. And I think that that would really hit with your customers too, because stuff in your boutique is just so adorable and you know everybody loves animals. I don't know. Obviously that's not the greatest wording, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Like you're inserting what does well for you, but what could do well for them too. So then it you know, shortens up any learning curve of what products would do well in their boutique, let's say if they're wholesaling. Yeah. We're always telling our masterminders and people who work with us in our strategy sessions, we always ask them what is doing well. So out of their product, what's doing well? And that's usually what they should iterate on. And then we also say to them, well, this is how you should position yourself when you're trying to get stores to buy from you, or you're trying to create a sale with Zulily, where you're telling them, you're like, you know, our customers do this or this product does really well. And we see that this product will do really well for your customers because they want you to just shortcut it from them. They don't know anything. Like, I mean, they know things, but they don't know how your products perform. So if you can shortcut that for them with information and statistics and numbers, they're like, yes, I want that one because you're telling me that that's, that sells above all the others. Yeah. People want to be raving fans with products and stuff that other people are raving about. So it's like when they know, it's like the bandwagon, is that what it's called? Bandwagon approach or whatever, where you say, hey, this is what's really popular and this is what everybody's loving. And they love to become raving fans of that product because they know that other people love it too. It's you know, the riot effect, I suppose, where everybody wants to jump in on that really cool thing that everybody's raving about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tip number two for you on, on three tips for asking for the sale would be to work on your wording. So this is essential when you're working on your wording for cold calls. So what are some tips for that? Yeah. I think it makes it way more approachable because you're thinking about the script. You know, this is what some podcasters have done. They've started with a script and then they move on without it because you know, nobody knows you're reading from a script, but it just makes it easier because you use the tone that's friendly, but you're going off a script because you're not having to wing it and think on the fly. So some good wording ideas that we have are, let me give an example. So one of the girls that I mastermind with, she had, she does speaking engagements and she is like a pretty big YouTube personality. And so she has the clout to ask for a lot of money. So one of the events that reached out to her, wanted her to speak for $1,000, but she wanted to ask for $3,500. So one of the other masterminders that it was in our group said, hey, you should just write up this whole proposal. 
tell them why you're worth it, why you could meet this, this, and this, and what you could do for them. Well, in my mind, I thought that was too much of an oversell. There's such a thing as overselling when it's somebody that's not going to buy from you. So my suggestion for her was, I think that you should just say, you know, I'd love to be a speaker at your events. And my typical speaking fee is $3,500. Would you be able to match that? And then they came back and said, yes, we'd be able to match that. And it was really simple. It was really neutral and it was really effective. So she wasn't overselling to them. They had the money. It was an organization. And so for them, especially since it's B2B, they were able to offer it or not offer it. I mean, think about it, right? So you don't know what their budget is. And usually people are going to ask for the lower amount. They don't know what yours is. But if they want you, especially if they had approached her, they wanted her. So people will find the money when they want something, right? So same thing with your product. They will find the money. But Nikki Roush, I'm just going to mention her really fast. If you find podcasts with her or if you check out her website, she does a whole... She's a sales coach. She teaches on selling. I'm not sure about from the product base, but from let's say you're selling yourself as a service. One thing that she says, like I've heard her say this, I think it was on the on a podcast. She might even sometimes shake things up and, and be like, sorry, I can't hear you. Like she'll do things to kind of sort of shift the energy in a call where if someone seems like they're going down one road, she might be like, I can't hear you. Or what you're saying about just asking, she's also said, they might be reaching for the credit card. So you can oversell it, right? You might, if you're just trying to say, hey, I've got this product and da, 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 and you keep going, keep going, keep going. You don't know if they've already made their decision that they were going to buy from you like 12 sentences ago, and they might be reaching for the credit card to purchase it from you. So I think that's just a great idea. Like you're straightforward about what you what you do and you don't have to oversell it. Yeah. And, and you know what you're offering is of value. So this is what I like to do for subscription boxes. I already have a price in mind. So I say, hey, here is our cost per unit. You pay for shipping via USPS or UPS. And then this is our special pricing. It's actually below wholesale cost and we only offer it to subscription boxes. So see what I'm doing right there? I'm divulging something special to them. I'm giving them a special offer. So what I'm offering them, I already know is of value. So we're going back to them. Number one, you know that their needs are being met because you're not giving them something that is super high cost and saying, this is take it or leave it in a way. I know I gave that negotiation little tidbit before about, hey, would you be able to match that? But it's kind of the same way. This is our special offer. Would you be able to do this? Because this is what other subscription boxes are taking advantage of, that type of thing. The same idea of this is what our customers like, right? So the Mm -hmm. same idea of like, this is our number one product. Our customers buy this. Same thing. All these other subscription boxes are willing to pay this. This is the value. And we're going to offer that same value to you that you get to purchase it. So you're sort of using this group mentality. So let's talk about actually physically cold calling. Yeah. (laughs) The the action of like, do, 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 and calling. Tip number Um, one would be limiting the number of calls that you do a day because they are energy sucking. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on who you are, but if this is already something that's nervous, <laughs> nervous. Mina five, Jacqueline twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a team member or a partner that does better at this, divide it up. Like it's fine, you know. Or if it's something that the two of you want to do together, so what I would say is one: create a script for yourself you know, practice it, read it through just what you want to say. It doesn't have to be a fit like, you know, hi, my name is Jacqueline. I am calling you from little labels, you know, but you can (laughs) say like introduction, you could write it. And obviously the more you do, the better you'll get. So maybe keep those high target, like number one stores for later when you're a little bit more warmed up and you work through it. So maybe start with the stores that, or the 
buyers or whoever that maybe aren't as high level or practice it on someone. And I'd say kind of create a script. If you're cold calling a boutique, for example, oftentimes like the store owner is the buyer and it's all the same person, but they might have somebody working there behind the counter. So you might call and say like, hi, um, this is Jacqueline from Little Labels. I am looking to get in contact with your buyer for kids products. Oh, that's me. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, hi. And then you would go on and say like, I've got little labels. Um, I love your store. I'd love to get this into your store. Would you be interested in seeing a line sheet? Otherwise it could be someone that's like, Oh, call Mary at da, 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 da. I would tell you guys to get a phone number and an email address. Cause if you're going to email line sheets or sell sheets to them, you might want to follow up with emails and phone calls. Sometimes physically getting things to them is great too. So if you can send a sample, but Mina, you have some tips on also like kind of breaking the ice for calls. Yeah. I think just making sure that in your script, you're comfortable with the things that you're saying. So like, I like to say, hi, this is Mina from Low Labels. And I was wondering if you could help me. I'm looking to connect with the person that's in charge of fundraising. Is that something that you could help me with? And so it's really putting someone in the position of, are you able to help me? And they're like, yeah, sure. That person is blah, blah, blah. Or no, um, I think what you're probably needing to call is the school district, not our school, you know, or whatever. So again, that was, hey, this is Mina. I was wondering if you would be willing to help me in figuring out how who I'm supposed to call for fundraisers. So I, I feel like I'm a little bit off of my sales pitching right now. Obviously, I didn't amp myself up for this sales pitch <laughs> podcast. podcast. <laughs> but you're asking, so you might call and say, hi, you know, this is Mina from Little Labels. Um, I'm looking for the buyer of your store. Is that something that you could help me with? Yes. Love it. Sounds so much better when Jacqueline's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also again, I've worked with Nikki Rosh, so I'm just going to throw that out there. And again, just another shout out, but she says like, question, your voice needs to sound like, I'm also unsure. Do you know if there's something you can help me with? So so people will sort of like imitate or hear what you're saying. It's not like, hey, is that something you can help me with? They're like, whoa, but is that something that you could help me with? I'm not sure. Not the robot. Like, hi, this is Mina. I'm from Lil Labels. Yeah, it's those inflections. So I'm telling you all, like Google search her or uh, search her name in podcasts and listen to a few because I think it would be super helpful just to hear how she speaks. But you know, it's that I'm unsure. And then it's like, hey, this is what I have. Could I send you those line sheets? Or would this product work for your store right now? She says right now a lot. Right now. And then, and then <laughs> I love it. And then you just zip your mouth, she says. You just <laughs> zip close, your lips. Zip your lips and don't speak. First person to speak loses. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead then. <laughs> Another thing I like to do is because it's so energy draining for me to make cold calls, I try to get up in between every cold call and shake it off. So mm. movement, right? Because the energy of that, I need to be ready for the next person. So then I'm like, okay, that was okay. I can do better. I score myself a three out of five on that one. And I'm going for a four next time, right? Or a three and a half. Shake it off, call the next person, work it again. And so then you're getting through your list of whatever it was, 10 people that day or five people, 25 people. And then you're able to like insert that little bit of movement. So you're not feeling like, oh my gosh, that just drain me in one fell swoop. So you know the movement I do actually when I'm nervous, I actually pace or walk around while I'm on the call. So I'll usually start sort of standing up in front of my notes or my computer and looking at what I need. And then as I'm doing the things that are nerve wracking to me, I'll actually get up and start to sort of walk 
with my earpiece in and just to walk and talk. So it's not usually the in-between for me. It's actually the during. So it's interesting that we both find movement, but yours is to shake it off and mine is to have some sort of other action while I'm saying something that makes me nervous. Yeah. I do it in between though. I think it's really distracting if you're not used to moving when you're talking, then like if you're in a Zoom call, obviously I don't think anybody should be on video no. and moving. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about an actual yeah. phone call. call. Yeah. Because that can be super distracting because then you're just like, only 80% there, but maybe that's what you need, right? Is like not to be 100% there because then it's like, oh my gosh, all this pressure. What do I say next? Fake, insert fake laugh. (laughs) But, but, but there's different people react to different things. So like my husband's an actor when he's memorizing words, he actually has different techniques to memorize with association. So he actually will walk or go on a treadmill or something like that while he's learning words because the movement helps his brains. It's just, I think the way you work. And I will say that, and this is like not TMI, but back when I did like prenatal yoga, um, or maybe it was like hypnobirthing something. And they were trying to teach us different ways that people cope with the pain and people do different things. Some people make noise. So like they'll do like ohms while they're, you know, maybe in labor. Some people like need to physically have touch. So like tapping themselves or something. Um, Some people need the movement. And I realized for me when I was like, let's say going through pain or something scary, I actually would have like, I start tapping my leg or my arm or something to create like a something else. So I think it just depends and you guys can all look into yourselves and see what works for you. But movement definitely does help depending on whatever you need. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think I need to find a better one. I think mine is right now to bear down on the pain of calls and then shake it off bear in down. between. <laughs> yeah, let's not down. forget, you guys, Mina will also lay down sometimes when she needs to really think yeah. about stuff. Oh gosh, all the time. This is the same idea when you're in the shower, you're able to let yourself relax. But remember, there's actual science behind the laying down. People mm-hmm. were able to solve complex math problems. Maybe this is where I need to be doing my math. <laughs> When you lay down, when we're podcasting and trying to work out numbers for them. (laughs) Yeah. So people were able to solve more complex math problems faster when they were laying down because there's some sort of physiological thing with your brain when you're laying Mm -hmm. down. So yeah. All right. You might want to lay down in between calls. (laughs) (laughs) That could work if that works. So the number three tip that we wanted to just bring up for asking for the sale is when you're feeling gutsy, go for the ask. Yeah. You know, you better bet that there are days when I'm feeling gutsy, like there's an extra pep in my step, my makeup is probably done, I'm looking pretty good, you know, my confidence is brimming, and then I usually will try to do something bold in those days. And if I feel like the universe is on my side and the flow is moving, and I'm like getting so many yeses, I just keep going for it. So Mm. yeah, are there days that you feel more gutsy? I think because I'm a quick start, we talk about the Colby and I'm a quick start. Like if something comes over me and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm just, I kind of almost like Rocky song in my head, you know, like jogging and punching, like (laughs) I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do it. And then I'm able to sort of just like jump in, like you're jumping into a cold pool and be like, I'm going to do it. Like it's now or never. Cause for me, I actually don't do as well sort of thinking on something for a very long time that causes a lot of anxiety. So yeah, I'll say that because of the quick start nature of myself, I do feel gutsy often to reverse that. I've actually started making myself sometimes on big things, wait 24 hours. (laughs) And laying down. That's why they say to sleep on it, right? Right. Do you remember that Starbucks commercial where it's like the eye of the tiger? It's like, dun, 
dun, dun, dun. I thought it was brilliant because they were, you know, anytime you heard that song, you would think of Starbucks, how it would make you basically invincible. And I remember when that first, that commercial first came out, my little sister, who's 11 years younger than me, when that song would come on any other time, she'd be like, oh, it's a Starbucks song. Uh, generation gap right there because he's thinking that's a Starbucks song and the rest of the world that's my age is thinking I am the tiger Rocky Starbucks song oh my gosh do you know um, have you ever played taboo you try to get somebody to say something yeah and I remember I got Forrest Gump right and it was like life is like a box of chocolates and my teammates were my little sister my little cousin who are like 11 and 15 years younger than me they're like I don't know southern accent like I was like are you kidding me Jenny Jenny they're like we have no idea and so yeah it's that generation gap for sure so it's just oh my gosh so funny tangent sorry guys (laughs) so funny because with that speech so just going back to that my brother and I are like 18 months apart and I was talking about how he used to sing Ice Ice Baby when we were in elementary school and so the bride was like 25 my sister's 27 and (laughs) my sister's like what song (laughs) <laughs> and it's like really wrapped the whole thing out. She goes, oh, oh. And she's like, I don't think you should put that in the speech because the bride won't understand it. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> First of all, amazing that you were seriously wrapping the whole thing. I was like, I will wrap that out. <laughs> the other day, Eternal Flame from the Bengals came on the radio and I swear to you, knew every single word. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is ingrained in my brain forever till the day I die. So let's just give an, a quick example of feeling gutsy and going for the ask. So we've been talking a lot about Instagram and what I realized in following some other Instagram accounts that people were tagging the clothes that they were wearing in their pictures. So like H&M, Zara, whatever it was, they were like tagging what they were wearing, even if they had nothing to do with fashion or selling a product. And so I decided last night to test that theory. And I went back through a bunch of our Instagram posts and certain things that I knew where they were from. So if you're on our Instagram, you'll see that some posts ago, Mina had posted a picture of her like from her head down of coffee with maybe her shoes in the background. And so I went in and I tagged Bulletproof Coffee. Well, we talk about Bulletproof all the time on our Instagram feed because it's kind of the thing that her and I are doing these days with not eating and podcasting and starting to eat at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So I tagged it. Well, guess what? This morning, Mina goes, oh my gosh. I didn't tell her I did this. She goes, oh my gosh, Bulletproof liked one of our pictures. And um, she's like, so what did you do when Bulletproof liked one of our pictures? Yeah, I had only done the hashtag. So in my caption, I put Jacqueline and I both drink hashtag Bulletproof coffee in the morning for a clearer mind in this crazy mompreneur life. Check out our Insta stories to see how I make my easier version. So Jacqueline, without me knowing, went and um, tagged Bulletproof coffee. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Bulletproof coffee liked our photo. So feeling gutsy today, I put at Bulletproof, we love Bulletproof coffee so much and talk about you every day. Do you consider podcast sponsorships? Um, Heart emoji, coffee emoji, magical sparkles emoji. So basically going for the ask. She felt gutsy. (laughs) So if you ever get like, you know what? I think we did that with um, Tyler J. McCall actually, like when we had him on the podcast, but when I first had sort of decided to reach out. I did it. I was feeling gutsy and I went for the ask like, Hey, 
would you be on our little podcast? And he said, yes. And it was something that we're like, oh, you know, you don't know if someone feels too big or not. Um, We've had some really great people decide to be on this podcast. So, you know, for us, that's our sales pitch, whether or not it's financially, it's not financial, but it's asking someone to reciprocate or do something. So if you're feeling gutsy that day, go for the ask. If you get, if you get them to kind of wink back at you, do it, go for it. The what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, or they're going to say, get back to me later. Great. You've made contact. Yeah. And keep in mind my wording there. I put, do you consider podcast sponsorship? So do you consider them is more, you know, instead of being like, Hey, would you be our sponsor? You know? So I think that it leaves it more open-ended and not as a hard sell as much though. It is a straight up hard sell. And then adding the emojis, I think lightens up the whole thing too. Of course. You can always DM too. So just thinking about that, this is for any of you, whether you're trying to ask for the sale or even if you're trying to ask like a somebody on Instagram or some sort of influencer to wear your stuff or to showcase your stuff. You know, it's you might you just ask, just share. You never know. They might actually be raving fans of you and you don't even know it. And they're like, Yeah, I've been following you for a while. Actually, someone came up to me at the LA Textile Show and was like, Hey, she had uh, some other thing. And she's like, I've been following you for years. I was like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. You know? (laughs) Wow. Right? I would be like, oh my gosh, thank you. I know. I was like, I didn't know anyone followed me for years. You know, (laughs) I have my clients that I've worked with for years, but I didn't know about the actual following and and she did and she knew who I was. And that wasn't, that was kind of a, a minute. I was like, oh, So those are our tips for you guys. Like it really is just like the gutsy, all of this in general, like we're going to just go back to like that enthusiasm that you're excited. All of this is just sort of like play that Rocky music or whatever you need to play for yourself prior to doing this. Do a little jog, do some like air punches and do it because what's the worst that's going to happen? You'll get the no and you'll move on. Yeah. And know that it's not 100% easy for everybody and just prepare yourself in the the ways that you need to. So like if this is not your jam, you can still do it. You can do hard things, which reminds me, my mantra this week is I am capable of doing hard things. Mm. I'm capable of doing hard things. So I've been have it up on my dry erase board in front of me. Made me think of it since it subliminally must've came in there. You can do hard things. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we'd like to just stop for a second and say one, thanks to everyone who has left us reviews on the podcast. But we have been talking about Instagram a lot. So we are going to ask if all of you would love to go over and follow us on Instagram because our stories we think are fun and we're able to share tips over there. And we're just, and we're, what we're trying to do for you is show what we've learned from the experts that we've interviewed and basically show you guys what to do through our stories. So you'll start to see us doing things and then you can duplicate that and put that into your own business. So we will put our Instagram link in the show notes. Yeah, it's at the product boss. So we will talk to you all again next week. Good luck with your sales. Thanks everyone. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the product boss biz community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there.